Hello, this is Tyson Thompson, and welcome to His Simple Truths solo podcast. Now, some of you are going, all right, what's the deal? Did the band break up? No, the band did not break up. COVID-19 in this worldwide pandemic has limited Greg's access to me and my access to him. So without further ado, it is me all by myself. And just in case you thought I would forget, hello, everybody. All right. So how is everybody? Um, Man, lots happened. Lots been going on. Um, I'm sitting up on top of the mountain and uh, I had predestined to come here. And I just kind of planned, well, I didn't really plan a ton, um, but this is a spot that I come to a lot. Uh, it is up on the mountain overlooking the Kootenai River Valley, and it's beautiful. Um, so some things that have been on my heart and mind, um, it's interesting. After General Conference, um, there were a lot of people who... Um, who were disappointed, um, who felt let down, uh, who felt that there wasn't enough in conference that they were expecting more. There were others who had a phenomenal experience. And, um, you know, I've heard people say that they <clears throat> saw and felt the visitation of angels. And, um, and then there were some who were just kind of like, yeah, it was, it was okay. Um, for me, I can tell you that, uh, I was very satisfied with the fact that, um, the general authorities of the church, um, many of them that spoke, uh, are saying things that, um, that many of us have known for a long time. And I'm not saying that, that they're just catching up, um, It's just interesting that the phraseology that they're using and the vernacular that they're using um, and the scriptures that are being quoted um, are really actually following, falling more in line with the prophet. So the prophet started this charge a while ago about hearing the voice of the Lord and um, and um, having the spirit with us always. And and then now. now a lot more of the general authorities of the church are starting to say those things. So it's pretty amazing. So real quick rundown. We've had temple closures. Um, we've had missionaries coming home, many of them. Um, almost all of the missionaries in the field, in fact, all of them that I know of, are not proselyting anymore. Uh, any work that they're doing is either electronically or they are... Um, or they're teaching over the phone somehow they're 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 doing that work and many have been called home and reassigned uh you know i think that people get uh way too dismissive with those kinds of things and i'm watching sorry utah people but uh my utah the people i follow in utah uh see on facebook etc and and social media uh all seem to be falling in line with uh with let's just hurry up and get this thing over with because I've got to get back to work and start making money again because I've got to pay my boat payment and um, this is all just a big uh, 
uh, waste of time. People are calling it a sham. People I know are like protesting that their rights are being taken. Um, and you know, the reality is I'm not going to sit here and debate, um, where we're at as far as, you know, whether or not there was government overreach, whether or not there's a conspiracy involved in all of this, which I'm sure there's several that shouldn't surprise us. Like cut the noise, cut the garbage, cut the, you know, cut, cut the yapping about I've been wronged this way, that way, or the other, and stop the press for a second. And let's talk about what God said about what's going on. Let's talk about that for a minute, because this is all prophesied, all of it. And if you're minimizing it, if you're saying the government is overreacting and then out of one side of your mouth and the other side of your mouth, you're like, well, you know, you're realizing and you're saying that like you support the prophet for bringing the missionary ho missionaries home. You are absolutely double-minded. Like the prophet didn't overreact. The prophet's bringing people home, church is canceled, and the temples are closed. All fulfillment of prophecy or, or overreaction. But the prophet did a lot of these things in conjunction with, and some of them independently took more aggressive steps than even, than even the government was recommending and did a lot of things really quickly to bring missionaries home by the thousands. So to minimize what the prophet is doing and then go to bat against what politicians and the, and the world is doing, like, can you stop the confusion for a second? Can you just be still? Can we just go through some scriptures and some quotes by prophets? And let's talk about this for a minute. Okay, Daniel chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that they, that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, the abomination of desolation, excuse me, the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be 1,200 and 90 days. So there is Daniel talking about those that were purified that needed to be purified through the temple are purified. And now the daily sacrifice has been taken away. And the abomination of desolation, it also talks about in Isaiah, desolating sickness and other places in scripture and Doctrine and Covenants 88, a desolating sickness covering the land. Revelation as well. We're seeing that. And again, you can go out there and minimize this if you want to. And if you're falling into that category of people who are minimizing this, you're probably due for a reality check. And God's about to give one because he's getting ready to preach his own sermons in earnest. All amidst all of that going on in the outside world, outside of the little bubble called Utah, we have two earthquakes that take place, one in the Mormon Mecca of Salt Lake City and one in the Mormon Mecca of Boise, Idaho. One of those knocks the trumpet out of Moroni's hand, 
we talked about this on previous podcast and everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people minimize it. Oh, it's been up there for 200 years and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Minimize away. Let's see what the prophet Brigham Young had to say about a lot of this stuff. All we have yet heard and we have yet experienced is scarcely a preface to the sermon that is going to be preached. When the testimony of the elders ceases to be given and the Lord says to them, come home, I will now preach my own sermons to the nations of the earth. All you will now know can scarcely be called a preface to the sermon that will be preached with fire and sword and tempests and earthquakes and hails, hail and rainstorms and thunder and lightnings and fearful destruction. What matters of destruction? What matters the destruction of a few rail cars? You will hear the, of magnificent cities now idolized by people sinking into the earth, entombing the inhabitants. The sea heave itself beyond its bounds, engulfing many cities. Famine will spread over the nations, and nation shall rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and the states against states in their own country and in foreign lands. And they will destroy each other, caring not for the blood and the lives of their neighbors or of the families or of their families or for their own lives. That's from the discourses of Brigham Young. So, well, I mean, come on, Tyson. There was just a, you know, there's a little flu pandemic going around and we had a little hiccup of an earthquake here in Utah and Moroni dropped his trumpet. It's not the end of the world. Okay. Do you think that God might, might be giving a shot over the bow? Is there an allegory, Jacob 5, that kind of falls in line here? Is there a servant somewhere, maybe the Lord to Father, maybe the prophet to the Lord, who's pleading the cause of the earth? Who's saying... Spare it a little longer. Maybe the fast that everyone participated in has slowed the pandemic. I don't know. Remains to be seen. But if this isn't the end, then it's certainly a very clear and distinct shot over the bow. We have the threat of war on every side there can't they can't give oil away right now every war over the last 45 years in the in the world almost every war has been fought in some way or shape or form over oil and we're going to just minimize the economic impact that everything is having right now and that they can't give oil away and that countries who don't like us like Iran and other terrorist states 
who don't like America, don't like free people, they're going to want to lash out. No big deal. No big deal that the president signed an order to say that if the Iranian warships don't leave where they've been sitting, they're going to be destroyed. No big deal. Never mind that the markets crashed heavily and still are not doing well. No big deal. Minimize away if that's what we're going to do. But I'm telling you and I testify in the name of Jesus Christ that it is not going to be good if we continue to minimize. This is what I feel. I feel like we're in a window. We are in a little bubble of time where it is the spirit a little longer. And there is some time. Maybe for you to get some more things prepared and prepare your heart and have it be purified a little bit more. Maybe time to get some more food storage or whatever the case is. Although I will tell you that food storage and those kinds of things in the end will not save you. Only a testimony of Jesus Christ and operating in light and truth will save you. Okay, Doctrine and Covenants 88. And after your testimony, meaning our testimony, the testimony of men, cometh wrath and indignation upon the people. For after your testimony cometh the testimony of earthquakes that shall call, cause groanings in the midst of her, and men shall fall upon the ground and shall not stand. And also cometh the testimony of the voice of thunderings and the voice of lightnings and the voice of tempests and the voice of the waves of the sea heaving themselves beyond their bounds. And all these things shall be in commotion and surely men's hearts shall fail them for fear shall come upon all people and angels shall fly in the midst of heaven crying with a loud voice sounding the trump of God saying prepare ye prepare ye O inhabitants of the earth for the judgment of our God is come behold and lo the bridegroom cometh go out go ye out to meet him I didn't make up those verses. Those verses, the prophet didn't. <clears throat> those verses come out of our sacred scripture, out of the Doctrine and Covenants. When all of those things do come in earnest, and they are coming, I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ, they are coming, and quickly. And when they come in earnest, Will you be one who says, I'm so glad that I took the time to prepare. I'm so glad that I took the time to help my neighbor. Ezra Taft Benson said that silence in the face of such calamity is sin. The calamities are here. He testified and prophesied in 1981 that those that were at Brigham Young University, when he gave a devotional there, he told them that they would be among those who saw the last, the last preparations of the earth preparatory to the Savior returning. 1981. We're almost 40 years ago. 
Are we going to still minimize? Are we going to still stay in a state of confusion and one side of our mouth say things like, dang our government for shutting everything down and keeping me from going to work so I can make my boat payment and my truck payment. Dang our government and say, man, I support our profit out of the other side of our mouths because your profit is actually taking more aggressive and more decisive action than the government agencies are regarding temples and church worship and missionaries. Are you saying that the prophet is wrong too? Because if you're saying the government is wrong for taking actions that have disturbed your life, then you're also saying the prophet is wrong because he's taking more decisive action than the government is taking. Are you going to continue? To, are we going to continue to minimize this? Oh, no big deal. Okay. I've pounded that pulpit enough. If you're listening to this still, it's because you want to know what's next. And there is a myriad of voices out there right now. I mean, I scroll through Facebook and you know what I see? I'm sorry. My rant is not over yet. I see people that are lost. People that I thought were awake that are lost in all of this. Who cares if it's overblown, which it's not. The reality is it's fulfillment of prophecy over and over and over right in front of our faces. And we're so wrapped up in not being able to go to work so I can go to the nail salon later and you know, get my nails done and get my hair done. And like, we're so concerned about making boat payments, truck payments, jet ski payments, huge payments on huge houses that we can't see the reality of the fulfillment of biblical and book of Mormon and scriptural prophecy smacking us right in the face. No big deal. People are overreacting. If you're saying that people are overreacting and then you're saying that you support the prophet, you're a liar. You can't have both. And maybe you're not a liar. Maybe you're just really confused. But now's the time to do exactly what the prophet is saying, which is learn to have the spirit with you constant guiding, comforting, directing influence of the Holy Ghost until you hear the voice of the Lord and he tells you what you should be doing. That's it. And when we hear the voice of the Lord, we will hear some very formative things. I was going to read some more Doctrine and Covenants 88, but before I do that, I want to read some Alma chapter 13 pulling it up here I had forgot about these verses Alma 13 verses 1 through 3 and again my brethren I would cite your minds forward to the time when God gave these commandments unto the children of men Alma is speaking in the omnipresent in the eternal now 
He references citing our minds forward to a time when something happened in the past and he's speaking in the present. He's speaking with the voice of God. And I would that you should remember that the Lord God ordained priests, and I would add priestesses, after his holy order, which is after the order of the Son of God to teach these things unto the people. For ordination of a group of people, of priests and priestesses who were ordained to come down at a time such as these, like we saw in general conference, and teach these things unto the people. And anyone else who teaches truth, if that's Greg and I, fine. If it's other places, good. Wherever truth can be found and people are preaching the word of God, they were foreordained to that work. And this is bigger than just the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There are, there are people more woke in the Christian world and in the Jewish world and even in the Muslim world and the Buddhist world right now who are seeing fulfillment of their own prophecy that have trace origin back to ancient times. People, enlightened people in their own culture and religions had seen these things coming and they're alert and they're awake and they're watching their own fulfillment. They're more woke than we are. I am so tired of listening to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which I will call Mormons, running around going, yeah, we got this figured out. We have the truth. Nobody blah, blah, blah. You know what? There's way more people woke in other religions than we realize. And they're operating with God's authority and God's power because they're seeking truth and they're acting on it. They're not sitting on it idly like Isaiah talks about as dumb watchdogs who are too lazy to bark. I'm barking. Verse two. And those priests were ordained after the order of his son in a manner that thereby they might know in what manner to look forward to his son for redemption. And those priests and priestesses were ordained after the order of his son in a manner that thereby the people might know. So whoever these enlightened people are all over the world are operating with the fullness of truth that they have access to and living lives such that people around them are looking to them for deliverance. They're like, wow, this guy knows what's going on or this gal knows what's going on. So that the people might know where to look. Verse three, and I, I would recommend you take this verse and go and study this verse and understand exactly what is being said. Because there are some absolute pearls in this verse that I'm not going to get into today. And this is the manner after which they were ordained, being called and prepared from the foundation of the world, according to the foreknowledge of God, on account of their exceeding faith and good works. In the first place, having being left to choose good or evil, therefore they having chosen good and exercising exceedingly great faith are called with a holy calling. Yea, with that holy calling which was prepared with and according to a preparatory redemption for such. So we're talking about a group of foreordained 
men and women, who've come forth on the earth at this time to help prepare the earth for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And they were prepared and they had chosen good or evil previously. Therefore, they having chosen good were sealed up and they had a preparatory redemption made for them. A whole group of people who seem to eat, live, breathe, and sleep their own calling and election, who are going to come forth and sweep the earth and gather in the elect like the prophet has been telling us and bring them home to Zion, to God and the Lamb. If you're hearing this and you're feeling the spirit surge through your body as you listen to those words, you have been called to the work. You are prepared and now is the time. Now is the time for your I am moment like I've talked about in the past. The two most transformative words, go Google I am and Jonathan Kahn and watch his video as he describes the I am of God. Did you know that every time you speak the words I am Tyson or I am and you say your name, I am is God. Yeshua, Jehovah, the root of those words is I am. It's all the way back to the great I am moment when God said, I am to ancient prophets. And then he came in the meridian of time and said it again. Now is the time to stand in our I am. Not mine, not yours, ours, the collective family of God on the earth. Not just members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Good people everywhere will be on the earth during the millennium. And they will be led in righteousness and prepared for the creator of heaven and earth to come back and rule and reign for a thousand years of peace. Are you in or are you out? Are you wanting to go back to work so you can make boat payments? Or are you wanting to go to work for Christ so that you don't get burned? A whole group of people, Alma 13, one through three, who were foreordained and seemed to live, eat and breathe and sleep they're calling an election to the work. And they are redeemed. All right. If I sound amped, it's because I am amped. This is my closing. It's going to be a half an hour long, right in there. This is what I will say in closing. Everyone is sitting around that's awake, right? We got all these different groups out there. Name a group. Name one. They're all over LDS, you know, preparation sites, um, different groups all over the place. And everyone's sitting around on our hands. And I've been there too, waiting for somebody to lead us. The prophet, you know, he's going to lead us. He's leading us. 
And what is he saying to us right now? I've had absolute testimony that Russell M. Nelson is the prophet of God on the earth right now. He is a prophet and there are 15 of them. And he is saying to all of us, what? First, he started saying, okay, you need to get the Holy Ghost and you need to start operating with priesthood power. Figure out what priesthood power is and start operating in it. Now, he is saying, hear the voice of the Lord. And he's saying it over and over and over. He is saying, in effect, qualify yourselves for sanctification through the Holy Ghost, so much so that you can hear the voice of the Lord. You know what is symbolic and powerful if we're participating in it the way we should? Our homes, as we partake of the sacrament, are literally being sanctified if you're doing it worthily in your home. They are being sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. Do you hear the echo in the Passover? Or is the prophet just overreacting? The blood of the Lamb is being served in your home on a weekly basis if you're partaking of the sacrament at home. And your home is being sanctified and prepared to be protected against what is coming. And I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that that is true. So here we are sitting here and the prophet's saying, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not leading the charge. Jesus Christ is going to lead the charge. The prophet is going to be his mouthpiece and say the things that the, that the Lord wants him to. And right now the Lord's telling them, Hey, President Nelson, please, please, please teach them to hear my voice. Tell them to please hear me before I have to get so loud that they won't have a choice but to hear me. And he's pleading with us. The Lord of the universe, creator of heaven and earth, is literally pleading with us to hear his voice. And what is he telling us to do? Well, one thing that he's telling us to do is in Doctrine and Covenants 73, 70, or 88, 73 to 75. And I will hasten my work in its time. And I give unto you who are the first laborers in this last kingdom a commandment that you assemble yourselves together and organize yourselves and prepare yourselves and sanctify yourselves. Yea, purify your hearts and cleanse your hands and your feet before me that I may make you clean. That I may testify unto God unto your father and your God and my God, that you are clean from the blood of this wicked generation, that I may fulfill this promise, this great and last promise, which I give, which I have made unto you when I will. 
And in my mind, that great and last promise is found no more poignantly than in Moroni. Hadn't anticipated on looking this one up either, but I'm going to. Moroni 7 and 47. 46 and 47. Now, people can say, oh, you know, Tyson, he's got, he's getting kind of loud and rowdy. You know what? This is my spirit. This is my heart. I'm not an angry person. I'm not mad at anyone. But I am speaking with passion. And I won't apologize for that. And if we're just foolish enough, and that's a word that the Lord used to poo-poo the government's reaction and yet say we support the prophet who's acting more egregiously, then I don't know what to say. We're foolish. Don't be a fool. I'm not going to be a fool. Don't be a fool. Okay. Also with this passion of mine where I speak loudly and sometimes use a little bit harsh words is also love brothers and sisters I love you and I have charity for you and charity for the whole earth I don't revel in what's coming I only want you to hear the voice of the Lord so that you and those you love as the president as president Nelson has admonished will be protected because you have priesthood power Moroni 747 and 48. But charity is the pure love of Christ, and it endureth forever and ever, and whoso is found possessed of it at the last day, it shall be well with him or her. So we need to have charity and love. We need to organize ourselves in charity and love. We need to act and help our neighbors see what's coming in charity and love we need to treat other people with charity and love even those who are acting foolish right now but also we need to remember that a voice of warning needs to be sounded there is a balance here's the crux this is the preparatory event that we're all waiting for this is the payday for all the hell that we've all endured. And there are many of you out there having talked to many of you who've endured absolute hell. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart that ye may be filled with this love, which he hath bestowed upon all who are true followers of his Son, Jesus Christ, that ye may become the sons and daughters of God, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, that we may have this hope, that we may be purified even as he is pure. Amen. And I'm pretty sure I shared this at one point, um, but I was sitting in sacrament meeting probably about five months ago now, maybe a little longer. And I think it was shortly before Christmas. 
And I was, the Lord reminded me, those are my favorite verses that I just read to you from Moroni 7, 747, 48. And as I was sitting there in sacrament meeting, the Lord directed me to go there and I pulled up my scriptures and I read that and I was like, yes, thank you, Lord, for the reminder. Those are my favorite verses and I know that's going to be a glorious day. And his reply to me in feelings and words to my mind were, then why don't you believe them? And I was like, I do, Lord. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. Yeah, like someday when you're here, when you show up, I'm going to be ready. Like I'm going to, I'm going to see you as you are because I'm going to be like you. And he said, then you're not ready and you won't be because that someday is now. This is the someday as we were reminded over and over again in conference that the prophets of old looked to and rejoiced. This is the day that the God of the universe himself testified would come. He sat with his apostles at the end of his mortal ministry and even after he was resurrected and told them about this our day. He told the Nephites on this continent when he came here and appeared to them about this our day. And every prophet through all of history is watching with joyous anticipation for the day when Jehovah will return. And we are here to prepare for that. O Jerusalem, awake and arise. Put on thy beautiful garments. Brothers and sisters, it's no more time to sit around and wonder, well, you know, we, we could escape this one and dodge this bullet. Yeah, well, we might. But guess what? We're not dodging the next one. I can guarantee you we will not dodge these bullets indefinitely. It is time. To stand in your I am moment. Do yourself a favor. Go watch the Lord himself. As the Sanhedrin follows him around the courtyard of the Sanhedrin, outside of the Sanhedrin, pestering him, who are you? Who are you? And watch the power and authority he speaks with. It's on YouTube. You can look it up. I am LDS YouTube. Look it up and watch that video. And he finally tells them who he is. I am. This is your I am. It's all of our I am. I am his son. You are his son or daughter. We are going to be called his friends. He's called us his friends in Doctrine and Covenants 88 and in other parts of the scriptures. Go and read it. Do you believe it? And if you believe it, then stand in it, own it, and be it. Stop waiting to be told what to do. Organize yourself. There are people waiting to hear your voice and have you help them. 
and I testify that that is true. Brothers and sisters, I love you. I'm grateful for the blessing to have sat on the top of a mountain today, literally called out into the valley, crying in the wilderness, asking and pleading with the Lord to give me a few words of encouragement and mostly to let you see and feel my heart. And I love you all. God be with you until we meet again. And hurrah, hurrah, hurrah for Israel.